Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. How is everybody? I'm like so happy. I almost feel like, like, I don't know how you follow any of that up, but we're going to try. <laughs> we'll try. Um, I, okay, golly, where do I want to start? I had a few, like, like I have one thing I really want to talk about, um, but I had a few just like, little encouragements um, that I wanted to share. It's only like two or three of them, so if I can, I'm gonna share those with you. And I'm, they're a little bit random, but I just felt like the Lord like, had a little bit of encouragement for you, which I feel like the whole morning we've had a lot of that. But um, last week in worship, which thank you worship team, like every week, wonderful. But, um, uh, I felt like the Lord was meeting people in, um, okay, he took me to John, uh, and there was a part in John, I can't remember what chapter, where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he's like, he's like, you are of the earth, like you are talking from the earth right now, I am from above, you know, like, like, almost like, would you please come up here with me? You know what I mean? Like you are thinking, you're seeing from the earth and I'm coming to you from above, from the perspective of, of heaven. And I felt like last week um, that there was this, like these places inside of us where there is still earth, like where we still see from the perspective of here instead of how he sees from heaven. And I really felt like the Lord was like, I am coming to meet you right there. And that he is meeting us in these places with like the most big expression of his love to just wash over that and clean that dust off of our eyes. Um, so I just like hope that encourages you. Um, I also feel like I just want to tell you I was in Peter and we're actually going to be in First Peter today. But there was this um, part that I had read uh, in the first chapter, and it says it's it's talking about like. Um, like we're experiencing the Lord, our faith in the Lord, and then it's talking about our faith being like made really pure, you know, like gold, you know, like tried in the fire or whatever. And, and it says that these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as a fire tests and purifies gold. Your faith is far more precious than mere gold. And I really felt this week just the encouragement of the lord like with i just felt like the father was saying like the slightest bit of faith like even just the faith to call out to me is like pure gold to me like that he treasures your faith as little or as big as it is it is a complete precious thing to him. Um, so that was another encouragement. 
uh, that I had, and, I, and this morning I was thinking about that in Romans chapter 4. It actually says that Abraham's faith is what brought glory to God. More than whether the faith turned out the way he thought it would or not, the fact that he believed, the fact that his faith did not waver was glory to God. And I just think that is like so encouraging, like just believe, just have faith, you know, like who cares if it comes out the way you think your, your faith, you know, like I think my seed of faith should accomplish this thing and it should look like this. The fact that you believe is precious and it is glorious to God. Isn't that amazing? So um, I just feel like his encouragement to our faith um, in that. And this one might just be like a little fun, I don't know, like a little fun thing, but I'm still going to share it. Um, I don't know when you hear of someone that is sick, this is uh, like, like when, when we heard of Robin being sick, there was probably a whole bunch of emotions, like some felt dread, probably some felt maybe fear, some felt anger, I'm going to anger today, okay? <laughs> that like sometimes sickness makes you angry. And I found comfort that, my, that, that that's okay. Because <laughs> I was reading uh, this week, I was reading about the story of Lazarus. And this is so, I don't know, maybe it's funny to me. I was reading in a new Bible, because I got a new Bible, which by the way, if you're an artist, you should totally get one of these Bibles. I don't know if you can see, but like you color in it. Do you see my colors? Okay, it's like a really fun way to do scripture. But anyway, I was reading in my new Bible, which is a different version. I love to, every time I buy a new Bible, buy a new version, so I see it different. So I was like reading the story of Lazarus, and it said in that story, Jesus was angry two times, and then when he calls Lazarus out of the grave, it says he shouted. And I was like, wait, this is probably a bad translation. I didn't think Jesus was angry. And so I like looked at it in like several, I don't know, probably like three or four other versions. And every single one of them said he was angry. And I was like, and, and then of course you have the Amplified, which is lovely because it gives you more. And it says that he was angry at what sickness does to humanity. And I was like, I, it's time to get angry at sickness. <laughs> you know, like it might look, I don't know what that looks like, but I just, I don't know, I just felt like the Lord was like, it is okay to stand and say enough is enough, is enough is enough. Like, <laughs> and, and I know that we have felt that way, and especially I think, mama bears. I, I mean, I get to be a mama bear sometimes, right? And we feel that way. But I really felt like this, I don't know, I just felt like Jesus was angry at this too. In the midst of his compassion, when he wept with and for, he also experienced this, like, this is not right. And, um, and he brought life, right? That, is, that scripture uh, is in, I was reading it in John, and it's the story of Lazarus. Um, I can find what chapter it was. Uh, 
Well, I will, I'll, I'll tell you. I know it was in the story of Lazarus and, and John. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like, you know what? It is okay to, to pray with some passion behind it. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to this. And, um, and have faith. God values that faith. So anyway, those are just some like randoms that I wanted to give you. Jesus, thank you so much for being so faithful, so present, right here. Thank you for your presence that is both sweet and gentle and thorough, as it is strong and powerful and like like a gush of water (laughs) that is just immeasurable power to cover and shift and transform and do all the things. Thank you for your encouragement. You're the best encourager, Jesus. You really are. We're so thankful that that we get to build our whole life not just on you, but inside of you. So thank you. Okay, so when I started um, thinking about like what I wanted to share today, I really, um, I'm sure you have noticed this too. Oh, and I, there's one more note, I'm so sorry. I'm like all over the place. I wanna make sure to say hi to the people that are online. And I'll tell you why. So hello. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I had um, lunch with a, a mother and a daughter that you know we used to see here all the time, and I just like missed them, and so I got together with them, and they told me they're with us every Sunday morning online, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to remember to say hi to our friends <laughs> and our family. That there's a, there are several people that are a strong part of our family that are not able to be here for one reason or another, and they are here with us every Sunday. And I just, I don't know, I just wanted to make room to say I love you and thank you and, and just hello. So I wanna make sure I did that. Um, so when I was thinking about what I wanted to share today, I really was drawn to, I don't know, I'm, I mean, you know, the, I don't know how many weeks, But for several weeks, it seems that a constant, a consistent theme in our worship has been Jesus, our foundation, right? Like that he is our foundation. And I even think that it's, I mean, it's always important, but it feels like, you know, in the aftermath of all of the COVID stuff, Like, if there's anything that Jesus did, I think it's that he brought us back to him, (laughs) right? To our foundation. And um, so I wanted to go there. I know our, our teaching theme for the year is, you know, his character in our lives, right? His nature expressed through us. And I... So I wanted to sort of look at it from that perspective, like Jesus is our foundation. And what does that look like? How is that reflected out of our lives? Um, 
And so when I think of foundation, I think my, the very first thought that comes to my head anytime I hear the word foundation is Jesus, our cornerstone. Does that come to anybody else's mind? Like, that's like the first thing I think of. When I think of foundation, I think of Jesus, our cornerstone. And so I want to start there. Um, we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2. I am going to be reading from the NLT. We don't have that on there, so it'll look a little different on the screen. But I'm going to read it in NLT because I told you I'm really into my new Bible here. So um, we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. And it says, so, and it's talking about like, you, you have put your faith in Jesus, so now, you know, the chapter before is like, so now love your brothers and sisters and do this and do that, you know what I mean? Like, like you're his. So, and here we go. And then it says, so get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Every time I read that line, I stop and I read it again. We are, as much as we eat meat in Jesus, and we, you know, the, his food was to do the will of him who sent him. Like, there's, there's food, right? But this brings us back to the importance of milk, which I think sounds foundational to me, right? And so I just want to read it again, because it's just like, gets me every time. Like newborn babies, Jesus, as a newborn baby, I crave spiritual milk so that I can grow into a full experience of salvation. Isn't that beautiful? Like, just let that sink in. A full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone. Everyone say, living cornerstone. This is not something that's dead. This is a living cornerstone. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. You, everyone say, I, we, okay? You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. Okay, I don't know, like to me, right then and there, I'm like, okay, so we have the character of God, we have the nature of God expressed through us. Like, he is Christ the cornerstone, and now you are living stones, right? That God is building into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, 
I am, this actually comes from Isaiah. We're going to read it in a little bit. I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him, recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not know. They don't know. They don't obey God's word. So they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others, the ones who stumble, the ones who fall, right? You can show others the goodness of God. I repeat that all the time in my head, the goodness of God. Not the condemnation of God, not the, no, the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are living stones. First thing, okay, I always, you know, I've heard like different ways of studying the Bible and they're all really wonderful. Um, I know recently I was listening to a study and, and that person was talking about like the law of first mention, the first time it's mentioned in scripture. I, I for this, I sort of went the law of first remembrance in Jocelyn's brain. <laughs> You know, like, when do I first remember a stone in Scripture? So I'm not sure that it's the first, but it's close, I think. Um, and I, I remember Jacob. Remember Jacob? He got a stone. He used it as a pillow, which I think is crazy. I'm not sure that how in my family with someone that uses a stone as a pillow. I'm not sure. But he uses a stone as a pillow, Right? And he sleeps on this stone, and he has a dream. You guys remember that? He has this dream. And what was happening in the dream? Angels, right? The, it, was, it was like angels were coming down from heaven. Angels were going up. Like it was like this, this meeting place of heaven and earth, right? On this stone. This is in Genesis chapter 28, by the way. Actually, I, there's one part I want to read from this. I'm not going to read the whole story, but there is one part. Because we are living stones, so we should see what it says about this stone. Because it's actually pretty cool. Um, Genesis 28, and I'll give you the verse because... Okay. Um, so I'm going to start at verse 16. Genesis 28, verse 16. It says, Jacob awoke from his sleep and said... Wow, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God. Everyone say the house of God. That's one, that's one thing right here. It is also the very gateway to heaven. You are living stones, right? House of God, gateway to heaven. That's why you named the place Bethel, right? 
Uh, The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Okay, pillar. He poured olive oil over it. He named the place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. We are are living stones, the house of God that has been anointed. This is oil, right? He's anointing us with the presence of God, with the presence of all of heaven, right? And he's, he's changed our name to his, right? We are living stones. He is the cornerstone. We are living stones. I, then I thought of like the wise man builds his house on the rock, right? You probably thought of that too. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came, right, right? But the house on the rock stood firm, right? Okay. So I thought of that. The wise man builds his house on the rock. And then I thought of Jesus and his interaction with Peter when he said, who do you say I am, right? And Peter's like, you are the Christ, right? You are God. You are the Christ, the the son of the living God that came to save us, right? That's the Christ. And Jesus said, upon this, uh, this rock, I will build my church right? I thought of that. And then I had this really not-so-fun thought. That happens, right? I had this really not-so-fun thought about the Pharisees when they were going to, they bring this lady out caught in adultery, and what did they, stones, what did they want to do with the stones? Yeah. And I thought, whoa, okay, so stones can be used for good, or <laughs> that time the stones weren't, were used to condemn, right? And I thought, ooh, okay. I didn't like that one as much. So I realized it's possible Jesus was looking at the same stones they were looking at. They claimed the same God. Jesus did one thing. They did another. Right? The Pharisees claimed Yahweh, God, creator of heaven and earth. They claimed, right? They had studied the scriptures, Torah, I don't know, whatever they called those things, right? But you have the cornerstone himself, Jesus, and you have the Pharisees both claiming the God of Abraham, right? The same God doing two completely different things with the stone. And I thought, wow. We have to see Jesus rightly. That foundation that cornerstone, us seeing him fully, is so important. 
because any one of us could pick up a stone and use it the wrong way. Our foundation is not just the name we claim, but it's his nature, right? It's his character. It's the fullness of who he is. In Isaiah chapter 28, this is the scripture that Peter was referring to, actually. Um, I should have put bookmarks in all these places, shouldn't I? <laughs> Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. This is, the, this is part of what Peter was quoting when he said um, that Jesus is the cornerstone and, and that you are living stones. It says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. I'm going to stop there. Um, when I looked at that, and I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about this now in the light of, wow, you know, the Pharisees didn't know what to do with this cornerstone. And Jesus, the living cornerstone, did something very different than what they did, right? And, and so... I don't know, I was like looking at it in that context, and I started looking at, you know, Peter, he quoted Old Testament scripture. So I thought, what does stone mean in Hebrew, where it came from? He pulled it from Isaiah into his modern day at the time people that he was talking to. And I found some really cool things that I felt gave a little light on the situation where we saw like such a, a stark uh, contrast between Jesus and the Pharisees. And so I will tell you this, the word, the word itself, okay, it means to continue to build. And it comes with the idea of, be, of a solid, firm place. But this is when I really got excited. It is made up of two words. So, you know, we have compound words. This is how I, this is how I explain it, because how my brain thinks. We have com compound words, you know, backyard, but it's one word. They had the, the word stone, if you look at it, it is son, father. Our cornerstone is not just the God of the Old Testament. It is Father and Son, right? It's the fullness. It's God's heart expressed through Jesus. He, all of him, right? 
He is the cornerstone. I know we know this, right? Like, it's, I know we know this, but like, it just reminds me, like, because I, it reminds me. You, you are on this foundation. You are on this cornerstone. Um, the fullness, the only way I know what to do with who I stand on, what to do with this cornerstone, with me as a living stone, is when I stay in the full, like, revelation of God the Father and Jesus the Son. Jesus never did anything he didn't see his Father do, right? Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. I can't have one without the other, right? He, all of him, his whole, his full nature is our cornerstone. And it's in him that we can, this is like my favorite part, and I have a funny story, well, I think it's a funny story, so hopefully you'll laugh with me, but I'm not gonna tell it yet. Um, my favorite part is that, like, like it's Father, Son, it's all of him, that's our, found, that's our foundation, that's our cornerstone. And we are to build, that's what the word means, stone to build, to continue to build. You don't just lay a foundation and just lay on the foundation for the rest of your life, right? A foundation is laid so that you build on it. And when I look at that in the context of this story where this dear you know, lady was brought out and, and you have Jesus that, that's like, if he has, a, has never sinned, cast the first stone, right? And then no one cast the stone. And Jesus, like, in my mind, instead of using the stone to condemn, he built a house that was safe for her. In me, in me, you don't have to sin anymore. You can be free. You can live free. To build to continue to build. We are living stones. We are living stones. Secure, founded on the foundation of the full nature of God of all that he is. And we build a house. We build a house. I think in, where was it? In Peter, didn't it say, I think it was Peter, hang on, let me look. <laughs> yes, we are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. I told my girls, because I was talking to them about this, I said, you know, when at my house, at our house, we, we have a house, we build a house, that number one, it should be safe, like for 
whosever house it is, so in our case, it's our house, to be like, to come and not be criticized and not, but like in this place, you're loved, you're honored, you're, you're seen. You can rest in this house. I'm like, okay, so we're, we are the house of God, right? He can come, he can rest. He, he's not criticized here. He is loved, he is seen, he is adored, he is trusted. And the other part of my house is I want anyone that comes into it to feel that way too, right? Isn't that the house of God? Where he is honored and loved and adored and safe and he can rest and his whole family, even the ones that don't know their family yet, are that too. I think that's what it means to build a house. I think that's what it means for us to be living stones. And when we're tempted eh, to pick up the stone and find the dark thing to put on display in someone else's life or in, in some system in the earth or whatever it is, full revelation of God the Father and Jesus his Son. Like I even thought of it, this sounds really silly, but I even thought of it in this context. Where there's a will, there's a way. God the Father is the will. Jesus is the way. I will that none would perish. Here comes Jesus. This is building a house. God is building the house of the Lord in us. We are living stones. We don't use our stone to condemn. Rather, stones are meant for building. We build a place that welcomes the Lord and the one that needs forgiven, reconciled, and restored. The lady. I, um, you know, I thought of that. I've been reading through John again, so I, I thought of that. And, you know, Jesus says, you know, he, sometimes in our minds he contradicts himself a little bit. And he's allowed to. I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he wants, really. But, like, I was reading in John, and there's, like, one spot where he's like, I don't come to condemn the world. My father's not even condemning the world. If you want to be, if you want to be judged, go to Moses. You know, like there's that whole part. And then a couple chapters later, he says, and this part, like, then it was like, oh, I understand. <laughs> there was a couple, chap uh, a couple chapters later in John where, I wasn't planning to read this, but I'll just tell you about it. It's a couple chapters later, maybe around six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. It said, he says, I came to execute judgment <laughs> on the earth. But then it says this, and this is my judgment, to open blind eyes. He had just healed a blind man. I thought, oh, okay, I'm starting to get this. He had to say, like, like I didn't, I don't judge you. I don't come to judge. I don't do that. 
Because in their mind, all they could see was judgment was from the earth, right? They couldn't see from when, when God says, I come to judge. They couldn't understand the kiss, his um, paradigm, his mentality is completely different. So he's like, I don't do what you're talking about here. When I judge, I look and I say, you need healed. Here. Not go to, <laughs> right? Oh, you need a house that's safe for you to heal in. You need to be able to see. And then he, he says, and for those who think they see, I'm here to show them they don't see. And I, and I think in the old days I used to think, oh, there's the Pharisees. But actually, then I thought, well, what do I do? Like when, when, my, when my kids think they've seen it all, what do I do? I take them to something they've never seen before. I'm like, oh, it's time for them to see something bigger. Let's go to High Rock. Look how big it is up here. Like my kids, they, when they were little, they used to, we, I would take walks in town all the time. And they'd be like, Mom, this looks like New York City. <laughs> I live in Waynesboro. You know, like, <laughs> what? Yeah. And then I took them to New York City. Ah! <laughs> right? I don't condemn them there. I don't say, you can't see, you idiot. I'm like, oh, you think you see? Just wait. Manhattan. <laughs> right? Isn't that how the Lord builds a house for us? The full context of father and son. That's not here to pick up that same stone. <laughs> Rather, builds a house. Opens your eyes, heals you, sets you free. Gives you a place that's safe to heal. We are living stones of the temple, the spiritual temple of God. We are continuing to build because we are father and son. We continue to build. So I thought of just like a story that um, happened in my life, not, I don't know, last year, I think it was, that I think is funny, but I didn't even, like when I tell you the story, I didn't even know that I was building a house, but I feel like I was building a house. Like, you know, I look back and I'm like, aha, that's how I build the house of God. You know what I mean? Sort of like that. So I was at school and I was, <clears throat> I was substitute teaching I wish Ashley was here because I was in the room right beside her, so she knows this story very well. But I was substitute teaching in a second grade classroom, and it was like a real quick, like, the teacher didn't know she was going to have to leave. So I came in, like, right at halfway through the day and had to do their afternoon um, class. And so I walk in, and on, the, on her desk, you know, there's like the notes and the plan for the afternoon. 
And on the notes, it was um, this child, um, he has to, at recess time, I need him to stand on the line for X amount of minutes, and then he can go play, which means he got in trouble, right? He got in trouble. And so I come in, I'm reading the notes, I'm getting ready to go pick this class up from lunch, and I'm like, okay, so this dude is the one I, get, I need to get to know. <laughs> like, I, I need to get to know this kid. So at recess, we go outside, he has to stand on the line, and I decide I'm gonna stand there and I, I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna get to know who he is, and we're gonna talk about the afternoon. So we're out there, I'm standing there talking to this guy, and, and I said, you know, we had small talk, and then I said, okay, what are you gonna do to have a better afternoon? Obviously, you didn't have a great morning, right? What are we gonna do different? And, you know, the stone in me, if I would have grabbed the stone from the wrong, from the, <laughs> would have been like, you know that you are not gonna do that, you know what I mean? Like, I'd have been, let's feel, let's get strong. But I, I thankfully had like father and son, like right, right foundation here. I'm gonna get to know this guy. So I, I said, you know, like, what are you, what are you gonna do different? Oh, I'm just gonna make better choices. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not what you're gonna do. How about in science class? When we read our science article today, what can you do in science class? to have a better afternoon. And so we, we talk and we agreed that he would read along with everybody and he would ask at least two questions. I said, if you do that, if you read along and you ask at least two questions in our science class, I'll move you to orange. Now, if you're not in school, here's the deal. We have behavior charts, okay? And I mean, at our school, a lot of the teachers have behavior charts. And I thought all behavior charts were the same. Okay? I thought they were all the same. Red is like, you know, calling mom and dad. You know what I mean? Like, they're coming to the school. And, and then you have, like, red, orange, yellow. Green is like, I'm ready to learn. We're cool. And then it goes up. Like, you know, the blues, the pinks, the purples. They're all like the, I did really good today. You know, like, those kinds of things. So I said, I said, you know, obviously I'm thinking, well, he's probably on red, right? He's probably on red. So I'll move you up. I'll move you to orange if you do those, those things. And his, his eyes get big as like saucers. They were like, he was like, you would do that? And I still have no idea. I, I'm not, I have a clueless. And I was like, this kid never moves up. <laughs> like, man, this dear kid has never moved up a day at our school. And I'm like, yes, I would totally move you to Orange. <laughs> and then he's like, okay. So his time was up. He goes to play. We go to go back into, um, into school. And here we are at science class. And I mean, this kid is on the like best behavior that this child I think has ever been on, okay? And I'm like, man, I am so good at this. <laughs> That's 
ended up thinking, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just, I must be really good at this. <laughs> anyway, so he's like being really good and he reads along with the class and, and he's like, he asked, I think he actually asked more than two questions. Like he was on it. And I was like, wow. So we finish up that class. We were getting ready to transition into something different and I walked over to his desk and I said, can go move to Orange. I still have no idea where Orange is. I thought Orange was here. I said, you can, you can move to Orange. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, well, that's what I told you. And he gets up, he runs across the classroom. I think he might have hopped a desk. I mean, the kid was like, <laughs> like running for the, before I changed my mind, I think. And I see him and he reaches all the way down and he goes like this. It was above his head. Orange was the highest you could go. It was outstanding. Who does orange is outstanding? <laughs> he was the best behaved kid ever that day. <laughs> and he did not lose it. He was going to take it home to show his mom. But as I thought about that, like, it was so funny. I went over to Ashley, and I was like, Ashley, I don't even know what the heck I'm doing here. I didn't know you could change the colors around. I said, his teacher's not even going to believe that this is real. But anyway, but what I, what I thought as I, the Lord brought that story to my remembrance is just that is how he builds a house. Instead of just, you know, just constant punishment or the stone to condemn. He gives us way better than we deserve. He builds a house where it is safe for us to grow up into who we actually are. Like, I didn't have to do anything to that child, and he became what he's capable of every single day. This is how the Lord builds a house. This is who we are. We are living stones. The full expression, right? Jesus goes back to heaven. He's like, you're my body now. We have to be the expression of God in the earth. Father, son, old and new, right? That's who we are. He is our firm foundation, and he is meant to build on. And that's us. Yeah, come. Do you want a microphone? Let's get you a microphone. Yeah, no, we need you to... Do we have... I just had this on my heart, so I okay. have to say this. So, um, we are all given stones, and I feel like the world in which we're living today is teaching us how to use those stones incorrectly. We're constantly condemning with the mm -hmm. stones that we're given, and 
one thing that I, I wanted to point out that you said, and I know for those of you who are in the thinking world, I think sometimes we do things without knowing right. what we're doing. So you didn't know the sequence of the colors is what I'm hearing you say, mm -hmm. right? And the color scale that you were used to, orange was here, <laughs> and the classroom that you were in, it's up here. So what you did without knowing it, because you said, I, well, I didn't do anything. You instilled hope mm -hmm. in him. And you called him to a different level of, I believe you can reach this. No one ever said that to this. And I'm just connecting dots today. Um, just with our stones are given this power to project hope, interject a new belief, a new conversation, a new mantra that's mm -hmm. up here. And you did that for him. And I, I just, my hope and my prayer for all of us is that daily we're using our stones to interject that hope and interject that belief in whatever way that means to you, whether that's at the grocery store, whether that's in your workplace, whether that's in your home. I'm hopeful it's in your home daily, but I'm sitting here convicted like, how can I go home and use my stones in a really good way with my kids? Because I feel like yesterday maybe I was not using them appropriately. But... I just wanted to say that, mm -hmm. that I just appreciate the hope that you interjected in, that, in that, that little man. Because I think for those of us that work in the school system, so many come to us and stones are used completely inappropriately. And we need to change the trajectory that they're on and just a belief that, you know what? You can do this. You can reach that level. Mm -hmm. So I think that's mm -hmm. good for Thank you, you yeah. for sharing. And honestly, isn't that... Us, I mean, obviously in the school, but that's us in our world, right? Like it's not just little, little kids that need that hope, that house built for them, that, that stone that is meant to build, right? It's for, I mean, it's all around us at your workplaces. It's, it's in your neighborhoods. It's, in, it's everywhere that we have the opportunity to build the house, the spiritual house of God, where he is honored and loved and can rest and where his whole family has a place to come in. So that's, that's what I wanted to share. Anybody else have something you want to share with that? Okay. So let us be living stones yes let's be living stones let's let's build this house <laughs> jesus our cornerstone all right let's stand and let's pray jesus thank you Thank you that you are better than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. You are better than we could ever dream. You came to bring life and healing and hope. You came, the cornerstone, that some tripped and fell on 
And they're still, they're going to find their way. <laughs> Father, we receive you, all of you, your full nature. We receive. We thank you for this foundation. We thank you. Like how humbling it is when you say, I am the cornerstone and you are my living stones. Like, like we get to be that with you in the midst of this world right now in 2022. We are committed to building, not to condemning. We are committed to building. Let us be. place where you rest and a place where all can come in and be healed and set free and raised up into who they were always meant to be so I just I just bless us all to be living stones this week And we just love you and honor you with our every step, with our every word, with our every thought. May we dwell in your praise. May we dwell in thanksgiving to you this week. May we dwell in wonder of all you've done. Our good and faithful Father. Amen. Have a good week. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.